I just feel like so many times we allow the pressure of, of others, whether it's culture or society or comparison. We look and go, well, she was 32 when she started her business. And look at me, I'm, I'm 20 years down the road, you know, whatever that phrase, you know, however you look at it. Um, we let it affect us in a way that we talk ourselves out of trying or we self-sabotage. So that's just my phrase. It's just, I look at somebody and just say, start where you are, no matter what your dreams are. Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. This is a community of women supporting women. Tune in every other Thursday to hear from SK Vaughn as she catches up with ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We will cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, thought leadership, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you are a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. Let's do this. In 2015, Nancy Legg introduced Better Kabucha to the local community at a small weekly farmer's market. People showed up thirsty and began recommending it to their favorite gathering places. Based on this initial response, Nancy realized that making the beverage could be more than a hobby. So armed with a master's degree in public health and acquiring the basics of business, she decided that her commitment to wellness and her community created a great opportunity to pursue this full-time. As Birmingham's first commercial kombucha brewery, Better Kombucha believes that an integral part of being better physically, mentally, and spiritually is related to what we put into our bodies and that taking better care of ourselves makes us better people and better people make better communities. I am excited to have Nancy here on the Ladies Who Lead podcast. It is such an honor and joy. She is just literally a one of a kind person. And I hope that y'all hear her heart and her love for what she does. Um, so without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Nancy. Oh, thanks, SK. Um, I'm just so honored that you invited me along. So, um, so yeah, thanks. Yes, definitely. So every episode, I start off with how are you surviving and thriving this week? And so while you're thinking through that, I will kick us off first. Mm -hmm. So how am I surviving this week? This is a a vulnerable one. I'm excited to share, but it's something that I was really wrestling with on the, the ride home from an event that I was just at. And it's this idea of you know, not comparison, but in a lot of ways it can be, it's wanting to be your absolute best at social events and wanting everyone to feel welcomed and loved and appreciated and heard and just being very intentional with people in those times. And I must confess, like every time I leave an event, maybe it's after the pandemic, I don't know how to be social. I don't know what it is, but I have this real sense of was it enough? Did I make that person feel seen, heard, loved, valued. Was that enough? Um, and today I found myself like just 
of course, revisiting conversations in my head, thinking about, oh, maybe I should have done this or this to make that person feel more included in the conversation. But at the end of the day, uh, Nancy, I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, SK, were you kind today? Were you the kindest person you could be today? And I think the mm-hmm. answer for me was <laughs> truthfully, yes, because mm-hmm. you can't be a hundred percent of all things to all people at all times. Mm-hmm. What you can be it is enough. And today I, I had to tell myself, okay, I showed up and I was enough. I was intentional with people. I tried my best and that's really all you can do, especially coming after coming out of a pandemic <laughs> and straight mm-hmm. back into social life as if it's normal. Like it's okay to be a little awkward and weird as you're trying to navigate this new normal. And I just, I had to tell myself that and I had to ask myself, where was that coming from? And it was a lot of self-doubt mm-hmm. and, but it's something that I myself constantly do. And so um, just for anyone who's out there listening, I just want you to know you are enough and that you mm-hmm. may feel like you're just surviving this week. And that maybe you're not all things to all people right now, but that's okay. And that person who's in the corner who might not want to be talkative and might not want to be seen or heard at the time, like that's their problem. That's not yours to take on. All you can do is be kind and loving. So anyway, whoever's listening, that's how I'm surviving (laughs) this week (laughs) and just knowing you're enough. Right. And that's all you can do. Hmm. Those are good words. That was heavy. But how am I thriving? (laughs) Well, I will say in all of the seasons right now, it's especially fun because I get to celebrate so many amazing people in my life who are either starting new chapters, whether they're within their family, um, starting a family, selling their first home. Some people are getting married. Some people are having grandchildren, like whatever it may be, birthdays, big milestones, promotions. It's been a really fun season and it's just beginning of celebrating people. And that's my absolute favorite thing to do is um, celebrating others. And so just really excited about this um, time of lifting up other people and really pouring into them and encouraging them in these, these big things that are happening to them personally or professionally. So that's how I'm surviving and thriving this week. What about you, Nancy? Hmm. Um, you know, my surviving and thriving are, are kind of intertwined. Um, my surviving is that, um, I'm really busy right now, business and family wise. Uh, so for me (laughs) to survive, it's to just literally take one day at a time. Typically I love to look at my calendar Monday through Friday and just go, okay, what do I have for each of those days? And you kind of have to do that. To, to plan, you know, for, you know, if somebody calls you and says, hey, can you meet, you know, this day or whatever. But, but um, for me right now, it is truly to look at the day that I'm in and to do those things on the calendar for that day. And if I, you know, and if that, it, it, sometimes that is planning for what I'm going to do the next day, but I can't, I can't let myself get tangled up in the fretting of the the what ifs, you know, oh my goodness, that looks so overwhelming to get to that thing. And so, um, so that's how I'm surviving is just looking at today. Um, and I, and that kind of almost, you know, it's that take one day at a time kind of thing, but, but my, I, I have to not just say that I have to have a plan for what that looks like. Um, and my thriving is the part of 
what has me so busy right now is um, we just had our sixth grandchild um, and she is four weeks old. And um, so I love being a grandmother um, and my grandmother name is Honey. So I love being a honey to all those babies. And um, so that's really busy in the personal side of things. And then in the business, lots of exciting things are happening. We better, better kombucha. We were just um, awarded a good food award by the Good Food Foundation um, in the beverage category for our apple kombucha. So we're really excited about that. And that's gotten lots of traction with things like an article in the Over the Mountain Journal that, that highlighted us. Um, JJ Pruitt did a piece with Fox six news. Um, uh, just people are, you know, calling me and asking, will I, do I, can I kind of thing. And so that's all exciting. It's just very overwhelming. Um, so that's why I just have to look at my calendar one day at a time. So that's how I, uh, that's the thriving part. And that's, why I'm trying to figure out how to survive. So it's all kind of tangled into one big, yummy, fun story. So that's it. Well, congratulations on being a grandmother again. (laughs) I love that. That's very exciting. And of course, like, okay, shameless plug. I'm just going to go there. I love Butter Kabucha, Mm -hmm. which is obviously Nancy's business, which we'll get into later. But it is such a huge opportunity that y'all were just awarded that. And it's such a great beverage. Like the apple is my favorite by far, but they're all so good. And so it couldn't have happened to a better person. And I just feel like you're so very deserving. And even if it's chaotic right now, I'm just so excited (laughs) for y'all. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're excited as well. So thank you for those kind words about the drink. So. So Nancy, tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, from where you started to where you are now. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in Alabama, um, grew up in rural St. Clair County, and, which is a little bit east of Birmingham, where we are now, uh, on a small family farm and um, with all the typical things, a seasonal garden, cows, pigs, the occasional horse, some chickens uh, sometimes, but, but all, those were amazing memories for me and, and so shaped who I am now. Um, I all, I, I can't remember not being connected to creation, to, to being outside, whether it was, you know, I didn't really want to help in the garden as a kid, but I did love playing in the barn. I did love romping through the pastures or the woods or, or whatever. Um, I didn't necessarily like help can my mom canning all the things that my dad grew in the garden, but now looking back on it, um, that was really good food. And I learned a ton, uh, about, about vegetables, about the canning process, about, um, hard work. So, that that's a little bit about my young formative years. Uh, I went to UAB for both my undergrad, um, have a bachelor's degree in psychology and my have a master's degree in public health. I also got from UAB and met my husband um, of 35 years while in graduate school. And we current, we do, we have three, adult children and currently have six grandchildren. So to kind of, that's just kind of where we are now, but to kind of back up and fill in a lot of those gaps, um, I 
worked for just a little bit in the public health clinic world and then started having children and had three children in five and a half years. And shortly after having that third child, our oldest child started school, started public school. And that worked well for a little while, but my husband was traveling a a lot with his job. So we quickly decided to homeschool our children. So a lot of those years that looked that weren't in the working world were working. I was just at home doing it. So educated my children at home. Uh, So that took, you know, I guess what, like 18 years or something like that from start to finish from when one started and the last one finished. So um, that was really hard work, but lovely work. Um, And they all can actually, you know, function in the world and they're, you know, they can read and write and those kinds of things. So um, I call that a win. And um, then I had a short stint in the fitness world uh, of about 10 years where I taught group exercise classes and I managed all of the the folks under me that led some of those classes as well. So that was a a fun thing. And it was it was a part time job that that allowed me to still be very present at home and that kind of thing. So in um, 2015 ish, I decided to jump out there and launch a business. So um, that's kind of where where we currently are is a few years down the road from deciding I wanted to start a business. So that um, that's kind of that's kind of a very short version of my life so far. Yeah, definitely. That's a good snapshot. And so, okay. I know we've talked a lot, um, in previous conversations about like your love for Mm -hmm. science and love for problem Mm -hmm. solving and thinking through Mm -hmm. just different ways of, of Mm -hmm. fixing something, you know, what is it about science that's always intrigued you? (laughs) Um, uh, that's a really good question. And I'll, I'll try to give this one a, a pretty succinct, um, answer. Um, I can't remember a time that I didn't have questions about something or everything. And it seemed like science to me was fascinating because it was about asking questions and then looking for the answers. And I had a a really good science teacher in high school that was very patient with, with all of my questions. And I guess he helped fuel my passion for science or, or at least helped me, um, put it in the direction of science because I I was going to be asking questions anyway. So he just helped me kind of uh, hone in and focus on, on science. So that's, that's, I think where, where that really took root. Um, But I I can remember as a kid, just having questions about everything and wanting to take things apart to see how they worked and all, all of that. So so I think that that's the best way I think that can can answer that question about why I'm so fascinated by science. Yeah. And then for our friends who are listening, who may not know, you know, what is Better Kabucho, which is your business? And tell us a little bit more about how you started the business. So the Better Kombucha story um, began in about 2009 and I'll stop right there and and do a little 
footnote and explain what kombucha is and then jump back in and finish telling the story. So kombucha is fermented tea. Literally think of good old sweet Southern tea fermented. Um, some of you may be thinking, ooh, um, but just taste it first um, or at least to hear my story and then taste it. Um, but <clears throat> um, it, it's been around about 2000 years and, and no, no one really knows the origins uh, of kombucha or for that matter, really when you dig into just fermented foods in general of, of their, their actual beginnings, whether it was folks were looking for a way to keep something left over and it not go bad or it, it fermented by accident and folks realized, well, if I drink or eat this and it didn't kill me, then maybe it's good for me. Um, no one really knows. So, <clears throat> so that that's kind of the, the origins of fermented things in a nutshell, but, but, but kombucha itself is fermented tea and, and it's a, um, it's an, it's an, aerobically fermented beverage. So think that it has to be exposed to air, not closed off like uh, a wine or, or beer fermentation. And you take the brewed tea, the sweetened brewed tea. Ours is organic green and black teas, organic cane sugar, uh, especially filtered water. And we, we brew that up and then we add old kombucha to that, what we call starter. So think of that along the lines that you would possibly sourdough bread, that you have to have a starter to add to the dough that you've just made, the flour, water, salt that you just mixed together. You're going to add a little bit of the old to the new and get it going and in, introduce this lovely culture, this lovely mixture of bacteria and yeast that are going to help it uh, help break it down in a way, but also make it healthier for you, make it easier for your body to absorb. And, um, and I can get way down that, that whole nerdy science path. So I'll reel myself back in and, um, and just say with, with ours, um, it becomes this fizzy little bubbliness um, after several days of being fermented. And then we flavor it with uh, fruits, vegetables, herbs, flowers, all number of things. We have typically four core flavors of apple, elderberry, ginger, and hibiscus. Three times a year, we introduce what we call our seasonal flavors. They run for a very limited period of time and kind of just get people's uh, kind of appetite or palate kind of ready for something new and, and fun. And then we tell them, okay, here it is for just a few months and then it's going to be gone. But, um, that's, that's kind of what, what we do. So in, uh, 2009, I was introduced to this funky little beverage by my son who came home from Northern California after a summer and said, mom, you've got to try this drink. It's supposed to be really good for you and let's go find some. So we found some at the time it wasn't available at very many places. And we, we found some and I drank a little and I, and I started reading about it and I knew that it was really good for me at, at that time. The whole idea of, of 
of probiotics, it was out there, those probiotics, the whole idea of probiotics and, and the knowledge around them and the research was, was there, but not nearly like it is today. And so drank a little bit and thought, you know, I'm just not really crazy about it. I'm, I'm just not, I'll drink it because I know it's good for me. And that's about as far as it goes and kept reading about it, kept reading about it and realized, oh, wait a minute. Grandmas have been brewing this on their kitchen counters for about 2000 years. So why don't I try to make it myself? So one gallon turned into five gallons, turned into about 30 gallons um, on shelves around my kitchen and dining room. And the, and, and that was just because we weren't drinking that much, but friends and family and and all that knew me, I was introducing them to kombucha. And finally, I guess I started doing that in about 2013. And then finally, the summer, the spring of 2015, a friend suggested that I try selling it at a little farmer's market in West Homewood, Um, happened to be in our church parking lot. It was the West Homewood Farmer's Market. And it was every Tuesday night the months of June and July. So eight weeks of the summer, I thought, okay, I I can, I can do this. So I rented a booth and started just making as much kombucha as I possibly could and putting it in pint jars and selling it on Tuesday nights from five to seven, I think, or something like that, a couple hours and was so excited that the first week I came home and I had sold about all the 15 jars that I had made and was so excited. I, I told my husband how much money I had made. And he was like, oh, honey, you, you didn't, didn't really make all that money. And I was like, oh, yes, I did. Here it is. And he was like, no, 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 no. You've got costs. So that was my first lesson in business right there that it, you know, just really, I, I couldn't be bothered with that. The tea cost and the sugar cost and the jars cost or in my time was worth something. I just knew that I had sold a bunch of kombucha and was excited about it. So fast forward to the end of that summer and we had just sold all the kombucha we made every single Tuesday night. And the very last Tuesday night of the summer of the market, a guy came up that had been buying from me every week and came up and he said, um, so where am I supposed to get your kombucha now that the market's over? And I said, well, you could call me and I guess you could come get it or something. And he was like, well, but I've told this coffee shop that I live near um, all about you. And the manager wants to talk to you. And I was, I was equally mortified and excited um, and was, I just, I didn't even have words because I thought, well, that's awesome that it could really be a thing. But I was like, I don't even know how to get it to be a thing. So we, I, I took, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plug a lot of funny, weird little things during this. Um, I took Rev Birmingham's co-starter class, which is a quick little 10 week intro into business for entrepreneurs. And I did that. And they actually concurred that it might be a thing, that it might work, and jumped off from there and just uh, trying to figure out all the things that I needed to know to run a business. Because as you, if you can remember about my, um, my 
background in education um, and education was not in business. And so a lot of this is just self-taught and, and finding others to mentor me, to answer the questions, to walk alongside me, to encourage me. And, and that's for anybody listening right now. Just find those women and, um, and ask them all the questions. So in 2016, we got our first space in Innovation Depot, and we started making kombucha commercially to sell. And we started with little five-gallon containers that we were fermenting in, and we bought our first 25-gallon stainless steel tank to ferment in that was horrifying that I thought I can't believe we're actually making 25 gallons at a time but um that's where we started and from there we got a few coffee shops to buy from us we got involved with a pepper place farmers market and had more exposure to to folks there a few Saturdays of that summer of 2016 and got a couple local grocery stores to stock our product on the shelves as we just, we just grew and learned and made a little more and grew and learned and made a little bit more and just, just went along, along the way, just learning as we went and solving problems as we went and figuring out things as we went and uh did operated like that through 2018 we were approached by international wines and craft beer our now distributor and we worked with them taught we talked with them for several months before we decided that it was going to work for both of us. And we jumped in December of 2018 and they started getting our product out. We're just one item in their non-alcoholic beverage line. Um, and they distribute now for us all over the state to a, a hundred plus locations of coffee shops, bars, restaurants, convenience stores, uh, all matter, all matter of places that they, that they get our kombucha to now. So in 2019, we moved from our little tiny space in Innovation Depot to a much larger space, still in Innovation Depot, but, um, closer to the, uh, to the door, to the loading dock doors that, that make it so much easier for deliveries and, and that kind of thing, deliveries and pickups. So we are currently making anywhere from 400 to 800 plus gallons of kombucha a month and um, looking to, to grow now even, even more. Uh, we lived through 2020 and think that we might actually survive so we're just, we're just working every day, making the best kombucha we possibly can. Yes. I love that. And I will say y'all, like, I am like a true kombucha lover now. Thanks to Nancy. 
So <laughs> this is this is a real thing. So tons, like plenty of years have gone by before I've met Nancy. And everyone had tried to get me on the kombucha train. And like they would like even like my coworkers would bring different types of kombucha for me to try different companies. And I never liked a single one, but I wanted to so badly because I, I feel like everyone else liked it. And I was like, I just don't understand. And then I literally tried uh, like all of the kombucha that Nancy has at Better Kombucha. And I am a kombucha lover now. So you have made a true fan out of me, which is a pretty big deal in my opinion, because I wasn't before. So if you are considering Okay, do, would I even be interested in kombucha? The answer is yes. You just haven't tried Nancy's. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about your recent award. How did you go about applying for that? Or like, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so at the end of, of last year, 2021, I received an email from the Good Food Foundation. Um, with whom we're a, a member of the Good Food Guild. And they do, even to be a member, they do a, a vetting of, of your business, of how you run your business, what your vision, mission statement and all are, but also your product and how you make your product, how you source your, the ingredients for your product, all, all of the things. And so... I received an email from them that the Good Food Foundation was going to have the Good Food Awards for 2022 and would I like to enter any of my products. And so I had been encouraged by one of my business advisors that I should just enter these contests, that that would, that would be advantageous. And I was nervous and thought, okay, what do I, what do I have to lose? So it was a blind taste testing. We had to gather our, our product together with, with no known markings that had to be labelless. The only thing we had was a code on that, they, that we were given that was generated for us on the bottles. And we shipped them in and I didn't think anything else about it. A few weeks later, I received a letter that said that I was a finalist, that our, um, actually both flavors we had sent in, one of our summer flavors, blueberry, and our apple uh, were the two flavors that I sent, and they were both finalists. So from there, and that just meant we were finalists in the taste category, that, our, that the judges that had tasted our product at, at blindly had, had deemed us as, as finalists, but then we had other steps to go through. They wanted to vet us even further with the quality of our ingredients, how they were obtained, how they were sourced, all, all of, all of the, the quality of our ingredients. So we went back through those steps and that was a several page and, and I think a couple of phone calls as well um, process. And in November, we were notified that we were actually a winner. There were over, there were almost 2,000 entries across the board of all the items, of all the food and beverage items. And 244 were chosen as Good Food Award winners. 
four of those being in the beverage category, four of those were kombucha. And so there are three other country companies out there um, across the United States that also won Good Food Awards alongside Better Kombucha's Apple. So it's been really uh, sweet and fun to connect, even if it's through only Instagram um, or, or, you know, looking them up on the website and that kind of thing. These other companies that that have also won. So that's that's kind of our story. So it's it's really exciting. Our very first competition and we won. So um, or at least we're one of the winners. So, yeah. That's huge. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're excited. Yeah. So explain a little bit to us about, you know, how are the brain and gut connected? I know kombucha Mm -hmm. has a lot of health benefits to it. Uh Can you kind of go into that for us? Yeah. You know, earlier when I was explaining just the better kombucha story and about fermented things and probiotics and, and, and probiotics is probably a word that most of your listeners has has at least heard and has probably uh, a surface knowledge of and knows that that it, it's it's a word that that if they hear something has probiotics in it that it's probably good for them or if they've ever taken an antibiotic somebody's told them either their healthcare practitioner or or, or someone that they that knows and loves them oh you need to take probiotics now and and I remember hearing that for a really long time, years and years ago. So there is a connection with, with all of those things with our, our, our brain and gut. And, and here's another, another plug. And, and we may even have to like put some of this in show notes, but, but there's a, a great book out there called the mind gut connection by Emron Meyer. And he, he does um, a great job of explaining all of that, but I'm going to try to, to, to put it in a kind of a nutshell version. So, so including the book that I just quoted and and lots of others. So based on those things, uh, the, the most notable anatomical and physiological connection for the gut and the brain is the vagus nerve. And it, it become it is the super highway between the, the nervous system and the, the GI tract. But there's so much more. And, and within the last decade or so, researchers began looking at the importance of something that is kind of another little catchphrase, the human microbiota and or your microbiome and your gut. You'll hear those phrases, too. It all just kind of kind of starts running together and, and you're like, what, what, are, what are all these words? What does all this mean? But, but your microbiome, your microbiota it is a collection of microscopic bacteria, fungi, viruses, and I'm just going to say, et cetera, because there's lots of other things as well, but, and they, they, that lives on and in us. And um, specifically, we're going to talk about our gut microbiome. But um, there, there's a role that it plays in both our brain and digestive health. So the way our vagus nerve is the information superhighway between anatomically and physiologically between our brain and our, and our gut, uh, our microbiome 
is 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 also an information superhighway, but it's not anatomical and physiological. It actually exists on its own. It, it's not like a body part. And so those things are affected by the things we do, the things we eat, the things we drink, the places we go, the people we're around, because you, SK, have a microbiome of your own, and I have one of mine, of my own, and mine will be similar to my, the, my family because I'm with them all the time. So it, it's just, it's fascinating. And I know if there's some specialists out there that are listening to me, they're shaking their heads and going, that is so dumbed down. Uh, but that's the best way I know to explain. And, and if there is a specialist out there right now listening, I would love to talk to you. So, uh, but anyway, um, there's, there even, there's even research being done right now on how, not only how your microbiome plays a role in your, your brain and digestive health, but it's possible effect on everything from diseases to your mood. Uh, Diseases such as autoimmune diseases, I'll just leave it at that, autoimmune diseases, and, and yeah, things like our mood, but anxiety and depression, all, all kinds of mental health things as well. So it's, it's just truly fascinating. And so all of the, uh, as many of the foods and beverages out there that are fermented, that do contain naturally probiotics, you're going to want to put into your body to do the things with good bacteria and good yeast to keep all of that in balance. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. I definitely want to read that book though. Um, it's, it's fascinating. I, I'll, I'll tell you, um, in my mind, I feel like I, I kind of cheat sometimes because I'll listen to books on audible, but I, Sometimes I kind of overdo it too. I, I just listen to it on Audible, but I also have the hard copy because I want to underline things. So, um, so yeah, it's a it's a fascinating book and very, very much worth the listen or the read, whichever is your is your thing. So yeah, oh, I'm right there with you. I love a good underline in like my little notes and books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the margin. Yeah, give me a big margin any day. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So you've, you know, you've mentioned before, just in our previous conversation about, you know, start where you are. Mm-hmm. When you think about your business, what do mm-hmm. you mean? Or in life, wh- what do you mean by start where you are? Hmm. Um, well, first of all, um, I first heard that phrase used at a, at a family teams conference uh, with a man named Jeremy Pryor and his wife. And we were there learning about something that he coined multi-generational family legacy building. And that sounds a very long phrase, but anyway, we were there. We were encouraged to start where we were in building a legacy for our family. We were already three generations deep. We already had grandchildren. So for us, the, the phrase start where you are so resonated with with what we were doing as far as building a family legacy and so I took that and and it's it's really I've just carried it across 
all, all the areas of my life. And so for me with, with um, using it for better kombucha, I, I was 52 years old when I started better kombucha and, and part of me has wished along the way, what it would have looked like if I had started earlier. Um, but, but when I, when I realized and, and really like get a hold of myself, I realized I was doing other things and that I would have missed out on those things or not learned from those things had I jumped into this another, another time and, and, you know, any earlier. And then I do believe you've, you've heard me say that. And I, I still this line from, from Donald Miller, where he says, just as a disclaimer, I pray to Jesus. So I, I come from a foundation that's, that's very God centric. And I, I believe that God puts he gives us the desires of our heart. He puts them there. He puts those desires in our heart. And it wasn't there for me any earlier than <laughs> 52 years of age. So I think if, if I had to use this phrase in encouraging other women out there about, about start where you are, no matter what, no, whether it's your age or your stage of life or, or what other factor I just feel like so many times we allow the pressure of of others whether it's culture or society or comparison we look and go well she was 32 when she started her business and look at me I'm I'm 20 years down the road you know whatever that phrase you know however you look at it um we let it affect us in a way that we talk ourselves out of trying or we self-sabotage so that's just my phrase. It's just, I look at somebody and just say, start where you are, no matter what your dreams are, no matter what your goals are, or that little idea that's not even quite a dream yet, but it's just a thought, just go with it. So just start where you are. So that's, that's kind of what I've learned from that phrase. I love that. And I feel like it's something that you know, a lot of times I feel like society tells us that we have to have all the answers before we can start something, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so mm-hmm. there's something kind of beautiful about just beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know, yes. I, I don't think you're going to have all the answers to begin, but if you don't start, you'll, you'll never be able to answer those questions. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's exactly. really, really interesting to hear you say, you know, starting a business at, our, at the later years in life. I think that really just set you up to know yourself that much more because mm-hmm. you've had all those years to have experienced life to see for yourself, kind of even your own strengths and weaknesses. So I'm sure there's a lot of benefit mm-hmm. to like having lived those years and then being able to use that to your advantage when starting your own business. Yeah. And, and I still don't have all the answers. I mean, you know, I, it's, I know a little more than I then I did know, I even know a little bit more now than I knew when I started the business, but, but I don't think you ever get to a place that you have all the answers. And if you do, um, I, I might ask someone for help with that. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's just, you never, you never are too old to learn something new ever. 
I love that. And if you stop learning, you stop growing. Mm -hmm. I mean, then you just become complacent and then you're not really (laughs) exploring new things or even (laughs) advancing in your own life. Because Mm -hmm. when you stop learning, you know, you stop really growing and and trying new things. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So what do you want other people to think when they hear the name Better Kabucha? Hmm. Well, I guess first I'd like to think that people think that we make a pretty good tasting drink Um, and that, yeah, this tastes good. It's approachable. It's um, it, it, you know, I, I, (laughs) we, sometimes we, when we're tasting it at at events or whatever, and someone walks up and, and they say, Hmm. I didn't think that I liked kombucha, but I, 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 I guess I could drink yours. So we take that as a compliment, you know, it's like, we'll take whatever we can get. And so I would like to think that first people think we, that we make a pretty good tasting kombucha, but overall, over, over, overarching all of that, I'd like for them to think and know, not just think, but know that as a company, we operate with honesty and integrity and that loving, serving and supporting community is important to us. And because we're a young company, we haven't had the opportunity to get out there and do a whole lot of those things. They've just been little, little things here and there. Um, but, but that's, that's my heart is for, for folks to know that at some point about better conviction. Yeah, no, I love that. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give your 20, your thirties, forties and fifties year old selves? And would that mm-hmm. advice be any different? Hmm. Um, well, I, um, I think overall it would be, I would advise my younger self to show myself more grace, just, just the, the word that kind of pops in my head is just grace in general, but, but to, to show myself more grace, to have more grace for others and to just not be so hard on myself. And I, and I think it would, it would stretch across those decades, um, each, each decade. I I still am in my fifth, and that is still what I think of often for myself and for others is, is to just have more grace. I, I, and it, and it, 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 it arches across all the things when I was young, married, raising my children, educating my children, starting a business, figuring it, all of those different areas out. It would just be to show more grace to myself and others. Yeah, that's easier said than done. I need to be taking that on, <laughs> thinking through that myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots easier said than done. When you look back on your life, you know, what do you want your legacy to be, Nancy? 
<clears throat> that I loved others well and that I wasn't afraid of taking risks. Another great answer. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this a good bit, Nancy, you know, what mm-hmm. do you feel like um, the, is the difference between being nice mm-hmm. and being kind? Hmm. Yeah, we, we, we've talked, we've talked about that um, in our initial conversation where I was sharing with you that um, I'm currently reading Donna Cameron's book called A Year of Living Kindly. And it is, it's a fascinating read. It's 32 chapters. You read a chapter a week and you just, you read that chapter. I read it on Sunday nights and then I have it to kind of mull over for the entire week. And they, they, in my mind, they build on one another, the chapters do so that you're, you're, you're constantly thinking about what you read chapters ago, but then what you just read so that it, it's fresh in your mind and on your heart all the time. So I think when I read the chapter on the difference between being nice and being kind, I, I, it's so impacted me and resonated with me. And I'm, I'm going to do a rough paraphrase of, of her words for that. But I feel like the difference is that being kind is hard and being nice, not so much being kind costs something. It's an investment. It costs time, effort, energy, sometimes even money. And um, being nice doesn't require much of anything, energy or investment or risk. You, you You can be nice without taking a risk. Being nice may just mean not being rude, you know, the, the not being rude, the, the not uh, being aloof. But, but being kind is, it, it, it almost always costs you something. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna require you to think about, go beyond what, what's expected or, or, um, what everyone else might do. It's, it's doing that extra little something, something extra. So yeah, that's, that's a, like I said, a paraphrased version of, of, um, Donna Cameron's nice versus kind. Yeah. And it's, it's some, there's something beautiful about really thinking genuinely about others in a way and putting yourself out there to love them well mm-hmm. and, and taking the extra, the extra step or doing the extra thing not because it's what's expected of you, but it's because right. count to your point, because you genuinely just want that person to feel cared for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to, and to me, anyone can write, anyone can be nice. You know, like I think professionally we can all be nice to one another, mm-hmm. but I think there's something different. I count to your point about really going there and really being an extension to others mm-hmm. and making them feel seen and heard and valued. Yes. 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 And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's your, your coworker or someone on the street or someone that you're standing behind in the grocery store. It, it, you know, or, or someone you, you know, I I think 
to, you know, a, a trip to, to Costco where there's, you know, seems like just basically it's chaotic as a stirred up anthill and you, you can, you can avoid smacking into someone's cart or you can stop your cart and you can let them go. I mean, that's, that's an investment. It's something as simple as that. It, it doesn't take a lot, but it, it, it doesn't take a lot of energy. It takes intentionality, I think. I have to agree. And I think in a world where you can be anything, right? Like, I think you can pay it forward and be mm-hmm. a really, really mm-hmm. kind individual. It costs yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she, um, Donna also talks about, I'm talking about her on a first name basis, like I know her, but I don't, but um, she, she talks about the research about acts of kindness and how that acts of kindness change our brain chemistry and they they if if i perform an act of kindness toward you sk it changes my brain chemistry and it changes your brain chemistry if someone witnesses that act of kindness it changes their brain chemistry too it's crazy so that pay it forward thing is is truly like that whole butterfly effect, you know? Um, and, and it, it's, it's really, it's fascinating to, to think about what that can, could do just so, you know, even if, even if I get up tomorrow and, and my whole 24 hour day is I, I can muster up one act of kindness, then I change my brain. I could change the, 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 the brain chemistry in someone else and possibly someone else, you know, I mean, that's only, that's three people right there. But if that person that sees it performs an act of kindness, it, you see what I'm talking about, that whole ripple. It's just, it's just, it's so amazing. It's like, let's just be kind. Can we just be a little more kind? So, yeah. And I think kindness goes beyond, you know, it goes beyond like thinking about your own personal gain. Right. Mm -hmm. I just, Mm -hmm. for the life of me, I do not, I just cannot get behind anybody who only thinks of themselves Mm -hmm. in a professional setting, in a personal Mm -hmm. setting. It's, it's kind of appalling to me sometimes when you, you really believe in, in somebody and they're doing nothing but either self-destructing because mm-hmm. they're so unapproachable or so unwilling to meet you halfway. Or then mm-hmm. there's people out there that also just are looking to tear others down to build themselves up. And at the end of the day, you you don't you don't build anything on on <laughs> on putting mm-hmm. others down, right? Like that's right. just not how you scale that's not how you grow that's not any way to build a life or a career is by tearing other people down just to beat them to the top and so anyway I just I I love the idea of of anyone can be nice Mm -hmm. but how how do you really pay it forward and how do you be kind Mm -hmm. so that's really the question for our friends listening is how can you pay it forward how can you be kind this week 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's time for my favorite question and we'll, we'll wrap up our questions today. I ask mm-hmm. this to everyone who comes on the podcast. So I think it's just a really interesting question because everyone has a different answer and there's no right or wrong way to answer this. Mm-hmm. But how do you define success, Nancy? I, I think my off the cuff answer would be that I define success as, as giving something your all, no matter what you're doing. If you, if you give the, the thing that you're working on, all the effort you have, you've succeeded. And, and then from, from there, I, I think about like success can be defined by several things. What, what you accomplish, who you impact, what you create. There's, there's, those are just a few things in the list. But if you take what you accomplish, whatever that is, whether it's a strong marriage, a happy family, a, a successful business, a, an amazing piece of art, it's, it's, well, that would be the creation part, but, but, um, but if you take those things and you've given it your all, then that's a success. You've, you've succeeded. And then with the impact part, you know, the pay it forward, you know, were you kind? Did you make an impact, a kind impact? And did, have you mentored someone? Have you poured into someone? Have you encouraged someone? If you've done that and you've made an impact, then you're, you've been successful. And if you've created amazing art or amazing poetry or written an amazing book, and you've given it your all, then you've been successful. So that's that's kind of the way I look at being success, being being a success or defined success. So yeah. Wow, very powerful. So now it's time for the leading ladies we love rapid fire game. Get excited! This is our favorite part of the episode. So I'm going to shout out a few adjectives mm-hmm. and I would mm-hmm. love for you to then share someone that comes to mind, a female that's mm-hmm. leading in this way and kind of give us a little bit of a tidbit about them and we'll keep it moving. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. All right, let's do this. The first mm-hmm. word is authentic. Mm. My friend, Grace Walski. I've known her for about 35 years and she is the most authentic individual I've ever met. Next word is powerhouse. Mm, Becca Stevens. She is an author and the founder of Thistle Farms. And that woman can, she is changing the world. So I think of her as a powerhouse. Yeah. Next is thought leader. Mm, Brene Brown. Um, she, she also is a podcast host and uh, she's an author and a professor and I um, I think that that she is um, very is a very important part of, of helping women um, in, in just 
some some concepts of of health and wellness and mental health and wellness and emotional health and wellness with some of her words and phrases in her podcasts and her TED talks. Next is hardworking. Mm, that would be my mom, Jean Thomas. Um, she is uh, one of the hardest working people I've ever ever known. She was widowed at 42 and um, just worked hard to make sure that um, that we were well taken care of and has even even as recently as um, 2018 I guess she would drive into the shop three days a week and work alongside me and the other folks that were there so that was pretty fun to have your I guess that's 80 she was like 83 years old at the time and um and was um I can't do math so whoever's doing that math from 22 backwards to to 17 or 18 anyway she was 80 something she was in her 80s already and um she has over the years taken care of her terminally ill siblings and just loved doing it and if any of you out there know her you know that if she even thinks that you're remotely feeling bad she's going to cook you food and bring it to you so she's just an amazing hard-working woman love that last word <laughs> is kind um that would be my daughter lee wilson chappelle she's she's our last born and um has always operated out of, even as a little kid, operated out of out of a, a kindness that that is not an everyday an everyday thing that that we see. And, and just like you know, going back to the previous conversation we had about about kindness <clears throat> and being nice, she just even still as an adult, if she sees a need whether it's material, emotional, um, whatever, she, she's going to do what she needs to do to, to help meet that need and show that person kindness. And that's just a really sweet thing for me. Sweet thing to see as a mom watching, watching your, your adult child operate in that manner. Well, she learned from one of the best. <laughs> You're kind. Thank you. Well, that is the end of the Leading Ladies We Love Rapid Fire Game. Great job, Nancy. <clears throat> Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, before we head, please tell our friends who are listening, what is your shameless plug? How can they connect with you or better kombucha? <laughs> um, well, through our website, www.betterkombucha.com. Uh, we finally launched our, our new refurbished look in our website and are still adding new content so if you don't see something that you want to see or think that needs to be there drop us I think our email and and our email our just general email is um, betterkombucha at gmail.com that will that will get to someone that can answer your questions or tell you what's going on and then uh, Instagram is at Better Kombucha. 
And I think you can also ask questions there as well. So you can always direct message us through that. Great. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for jumping on the podcast. It has been such a joy getting to hear from you, hearing your heart and your insight. And I know this is just the beginning for Boca Kabucha. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on. Oh, thank you, SK. Thank you so much for just, um, yeah, just connecting and, and hearing my heart. And I can't wait to see where this podcast goes as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Looking for another way to engage with the Ladies Who Lead podcast? Check out our Instagrams and our show notes at the Ladies Who Lead. And don't forget to check out our website, www.theladieswholead.com. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.